Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. I've calmed down. We've all cooled down. Trying to do some quick math here on um, Trey Turner contract and what it's going to look like in seven or eight or nine years and compound interest and all that nonsense. I would rather have a shortstop till he's like 36, 37 than 41. But that, that's me. That, that's, just, uh, that's just crazy old me over here. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard. We'll get back to the Odell stuff. I just saw a quote from Micah Parsons. Apparently Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. told him he could be ready to play in about five weeks. So what are we talking about here? The playoffs? That's when Odell thinks he's uh, is going to be back to play? What's he been doing? Well, I guess rehabbing his knee, right? I guess, but feels like it's been a while. He should a, be ready. Yeah. Jameson Williams tore his ACL, and he's back on the field. This is a Wizard of Oz thing going on here. Like, what's going on behind the curtain with Odell? He's going to just sign somewhere and then go on the IR immediately? Here's what I don't. I don't want him here. No thanks to Odell Beckham. Uh, and we'll get back to the Trey Turner conversation after the Phillies uh, doled out $300 million press conference tomorrow. But we haven't talked about Sixers the last couple weeks, and that's, you know, with, with some good reason. Number one... We had a Phillies World Series run, and now into the offseason, we've had an 11-1 Eagles team. And mostly, this Sixers team stinks, and they're hard to watch. So I haven't been excited to talk about them, but I thought let's catch up after the loss uh, with the Rockets on Monday, Harden back, and the debut of a brand new Sixers podcast called Clap Your Hands, hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and our guy Kyle Newbeck, also a Philly voice. Kyle, how you doing tonight, man? Hey, you know, just a great time to launch a Sixers podcast show when the team is absolutely infuriating everyone in the city and the Eagles have captured everyone's attention. Just good times all around. I'll tell you, there's nothing better than good timing on something, Kyle. You guys have hit it, (laughs) but uh, at least you got to react to something the other night, that loss in in Houston. So, all right, we'll get to the team here, but but tell us about the podcast. So I know you're doing with Elliot and kind of give us um, a feel for what it's going to be like and how how often episodes will drop here. Yeah, so I think we're going to probably do – Several times a week, I would imagine. It's always, you know, basketball is different than football where you never know what the schedule is going to be every week. Sometimes they play three games. Sometimes it's four. Sometimes it's two. It varies all the time. But Elliot and I are going to check in several times throughout the week. Uh, Elliot, as you know, Joe, as many listeners know, has got some strong takes, some bold takes. And, you know, combining that with uh, the insider knowledge that I get and the – Day-to-day reporting I can do. I feel like we're going to bounce off of each other well. So I'm, I'm really excited to get rolling, and uh, hopefully the people like it. I think they will. And everyone go download it. Clap your hands. Available on the Odyssey app and, of course, anywhere you get podcasts. So I, I will be listening to uh, to a lot of these. And, Kyle, hopefully the, there's some, some good basketball, or at least better basketball yeah. coming here because it, it has been brutal. And, and Monday night, you know, that game in Houston where, you know, Harden comes back. That's I mean that Rockets team is terrible to lose that game that way, and there's been a couple of these right the you know last couple of weeks they've had. It's funny because I I thought for a while they were they were kind of turning a corner and and maybe winning some games they weren't supposed to or, or kind of holding their own with the, all the guys hurt. But then the last week or so it feels like this thing's going backwards here. Yeah, and look like you lose a game to Cleveland last week where they shoot like a million percent from the field. But it happens. It wasn't great, but it happens. Even the Memphis loss last week, Memphis is a really good team. The Sixers didn't play their best, and you know there were some preventable things that they didn't do in that game. But still, it's like, all right, you lost to the Grizzlies. It's not a, a five-alarm fire. You lose to this Rockets team and lose to them in the way you did where you know they had the lead, 
and had probably four or five different chances to extend the lead late and put that game away. And you have the star level veteran talent. And not only did they not score, they're turning the ball over. They're looking horrible. Like they have no sense of direction. You know, James Harden, after stinking it up for most of the second half, takes the final possession of the fourth quarter and decides to play hero ball and doesn't run anything, gets a shot blocked. It's it's just not a team that looks like it has a sense of direction, Joe. And, you know, I didn't think this far into the year. We're over, like, I know people say the NBA doesn't really start until Christmas and, you know, it, there is a ramp-up period, but we're over a quarter of the way into this season. Like, they, they can't just keep throwing away stretches of games and time because this is a team that has to compete with nucleuses in Boston and Milwaukee and elsewhere that have been together for years and have actually gone on runs. The Bucks have won a title. The Celtics have gone to the finals and have gone to multiple conference finals. That's your competition. And so to be slogging through this season and turning in these half-hearted performances, that's just simply not going to get it done. Kyle, how much of this is on the coach, Doc Rivers? I mean, coming into the season, I felt like a lot of fans expected if this happened, he'd be gone. Um, how much would you put on the coaching staff? I know there's been a lot of injuries, right? So it's been difficult to have that cohesion. Um, and how much do you think it's just on the players and it's on them to figure this out? Right. Like, so I think I was probably more inclined to put it more on the coaching staff up until you see that run without Harden, without Embiid, and without Maxi on top of that, where all these role players are bought in. Like, those guys very well could have just laid down and died and taken a bunch of bad losses. And, you know, Doc would have been able to hide behind, well, we have nobody available, and the players would not have really taken any blame for playing poorly without their three best players. But that's not what happened. They rallied together. They played good, solid team basketball. They've had an identity over the last month of defensive toughness. They've been, like, the single best or one of the single best defenses in the league in the period between when Harden got hurt and Harden returned, like that's not an accident. That's a bunch of guys that came together and executed game plans and so on and so forth. So you can't totally blame the coaches. And I think, and I've written this a lot recently, Joe, like I, I have a lot of admiration for Joel Embiid as a player, but when you see a guy who's as good as he is and is this far into his career, when he's making the same mistakes, when he's showing the same lack of focus in the middle of games that we might have saw you know, two, three years ago, four years ago, whatever it is, and the team is following suit behind him, you have to question like the overall leadership of the team. Like, Why is he carrying himself that way? Why is Doc Rivers not getting more out of him? Why is James Harden not able to you know, galvanize them in any way? Like, it just seems like they are a bit of a rudderless ship right now, and I'm not exactly sure how you fix it because I don't think you can pinpoint the problem to a single person. How about the roster itself, Kyle? It's, you know, Daryl Morey has really gotten very little criticism since he arrived to Philadelphia. We know he has a, a really good resume, and he did a lot of good things with the Rockets and nearly made the finals, and you know, he was in the same conference as the Dynasty, so that was difficult for a time. But how about what he's done? I mean, the P.J. Tucker signing, I know why they got him, and I've liked P.J. Tucker, and he, you know, he does bring something, but it also feels like they're playing four-on-five with him on offense um, most nights of these games. How about the job that Maury's done, and which really is kind of no one's talking about? Yeah, look, I think Darrell would tell you himself if you ask him that the guys that they brought in have simply not been good enough yet. Now, whether he thinks that that is a, a long-term thing or it's just a – a bunch of hiccups to start the season, that is certainly still up for debate. But, look, I think you see in that Houston game, in the Memphis game, Joe, in games where you're playing teams that are really good offensive rebounding teams and are athletic and really get into you, they don't have the athletes to match some of these teams, right? Like, they're older now. It's a, a blend of skill guys. And I think a really sneaky, huge development, or lack of development, I guess I should say, for this team is that, Matisse Seibel has not taken any sort of offensive step forward, right? Like, if Matisse was a league average shooter, if you could just give him the ball in the corner and he makes 35% of his threes and that's it, you could take Tucker out of the lineup and mix up these lineups and play like a really long, athletic, active, defensive team, and you could change how this works. Like, you're attacking the glass, you're getting out and running, you're doing all sorts of other different things, but – because you can't do that, 
you're really limited with your options. You are this sort of older and less athletic team, and you're susceptible to being beaten in the ways they have been. So, you know, some of it is a failure of internal development, and that's, you know, guys who have been here before Maury, guys who have arrived since, and, you know, the the roster decisions they've made recently have not worked out so far. We'll see if they end up working out in the future. We're talking to Kyle Newbeck, a writer for Philly Voice, and uh, now a co-host on the new Sixers podcast, Clap Your Hands, along with Elliot Shore Parks. Kyle, there's another part of this, right? There's the GM, there's the coach. You mentioned Joel. But the other part I always think about with teams, especially ones that are struggling, is, is kind of like the body language and, and what you're seeing day to day. Because sometimes teams could rally. I mean, last year at this time, I think right up till New Year's, the Celtics were pretty mediocre, and then they really went on a run, obviously all the way to the NBA Finals. But I never sensed that team was like quitting, or or you know they maybe there was some issues, but they figured it out. What what are you noticing when you watch them? Like, do you feel like this could turn around, or, or do you have some concerns with the body language and the way they look on the court with each other? I think it's a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde, Joe. Like, I, I think there are some nights, even that Memphis game, they went down. I want to say they were down by like twenty points at some point in that game. And that's a game that they easily could have laid down and died. That team came back and pushed it to within, I believe it was four or six points late in the fourth quarter, have a chance to win that game. And that's why you walk away from a game like that thinking, all right, they didn't win and they didn't have their best performance, but at least it's a team that seems like they care and they want to be out there and they're fighting for every inch and all that. And I think you saw that during the stretch where, they were undermanned, too. Like, those guys bought in together. They did whatever they needed to do to win. Unfortunately, there's still too many of these stretches where, you know, Joel Embiid says, I want to have the best defense in the league, and he obviously is going to be the leader of that. And then for the second and third quarter in some of these games, they just don't play any defense at all. And the, the play-to-play, quarter-to-quarter commitment just isn't there. And so I, I think we're going to have to figure out over time whether it's just a product of schedule and injuries and all this other stuff or if this is just a, a team that's rotting from its core and is destined to go nowhere. Well, if that's the case, uh, there's two paths Daryl Morey could take here. He could trust his original process and putting this team together and think in time it'll they'll figure it out, or he can make a move. He could change something, whether it's big parts, little parts. What's your guess on on what they do the next couple months before the trade deadline? I mean, I know how they play is going to impact it, but just based on everything, do you think Maury's going to trust that he has the right mix and it will come together, or could you see something happening? I mean, I could see them taking a big swing if one is out there. The problem is they don't really have the pieces or the assets to go and make that happen because when you went out and traded for Harden, you not only traded Simmons and Seth Curry – you're trading multiple picks to make that happen. And so their, their options in terms of trading picks are limited. And then you look at the contracts they had to trade. Like to match salaries for guys that would be coming in, they just don't have a lot of big numbers to exchange for another guy who would be a potential impact player if one even becomes available on the market. Like Daryl Morey's MO, everywhere he's been, is that He's a guy who chases stars. He thinks stars are much, much more valuable than anybody else. And so if if he thinks that something needs to be changed between now and the end of the year, he's going to be thinking big. It's not going to be these little tinkering moves. And, and maybe they make those, but I don't think he would sell a move like that as something that's going to push them over the top. And so maybe, maybe we see him try to swing for the fences here. I just I don't know what that move looks like because they don't really have a whole lot to trade unless you're willing to trade, you know, Maxi with one of their big contracts and then, you know, you lose one of the best players on your team and I don't think that's uh I don't think that that's in the cards unless some superstar trade falls into their laps somehow. Kyle, we'll end with this. Talking to Kyle Newbeck here, Philly Voice and the Clap Your Hands podcast, New Sixers podcast, find on the Odyssey app and anywhere you get your podcast. So you mentioned Joel earlier and, you know, kind of the moments in that game on Monday. And, and, and the numbers are still, you know, they're, they're, they're really good, right? Joel is averaging 30 points a game. And I'm just curious if, if you've experienced this in, in your realm, right? Whether it be social media, people email you, however they get, they get through to you. Because I'm hearing it more here on WIP. It feels like fans are frustrated with Joel. And I don't think it's, it's he's, not that he's not performing at all, right? He's averaging 30 points a game. But something has changed that I've noticed the last year or so 
where it's gone from like, wow, I can't believe we have a player as great as Joel Embiid in town to now some frustration. Have you noticed or felt that, you know, when you talk to fans? Yeah, for sure. And I would say I feel that somewhat myself, Joe. Like I, I see these lines and, you know, we'll put up 35 points and nine rebounds and six assists and, you know, the Sixers outscore the other team by 10 points when he's on the floor. And if that's all you look at, having not watched the game, that's great. And even if you have watched the game, obviously a lot of that is great. But you get the sense that, you know, there's more there. And you see some of these when he actually puts it all together, when he plays hard and he is committed for four quarters, you see glimpses of who this guy could be if he did that every night. And he he has done that. When he went on an MVP-level run last year and the year before, he's a more consistent, more consistently engaged player every possession, every quarter, every game throughout the season. And I haven't seen that this year, and they need that from him. This is a team that is not simply not good enough if he is not constantly engaged and doing his job on both ends of the floor. And whatever he has to do to make that happen, whether that's deferring more on offense, whether that's just getting in better shape, whatever it is, he has to find a way to do it if this team's going to become the team that they believe they could be coming into the year. Agreed. Kyle, always appreciate you hopping on. Good good luck with the new podcast. I'll be listening, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Joe. There he goes. Kyle Newbeck, Philly Voice, and the Clap Your Hands podcast along with Elliot Sherbrooke. How many podcasts Elliot have now? He's got a lot of podcasts. I mean, that's at least three or four. I don't really like podcast titles that tell me what to do. Clap Your Hands, Go Birds. Yeah. Well, that's not telling you what to do. It's just more of a... It's telling the birds to do something. Yeah. To go, I suppose. High hopes. That's okay, I guess. Yeah. That's just a, a state of being. Yeah. So, but so clap your hands. You just you feel like you're you're being it's being pushy. Yeah, I think you're you know don't push your message on me. Don't tell me to clap my hands. When I when I if heard, I'm happy and I know it, I'll I'll clap my hands. But until then, I, I've never heard you, know, you hear people say that like don't push your message on me. I never thought of that in conjunction with the Sixers song. I just I never put those two together. I think that's why they wait until the end of the game to play it because maybe half the arena gets up and leaves because they don't feel like clapping their hands. Well, if I was watching this particular Sixers team, I'm not clapping my hands. They're they not, wouldn't play the song for this Well, team. they're not very good. Let's talk to Frankie in Roxburgh. Hey, Frankie. Good evening, Joseph. Good evening, Frankie. How are you? I'm good, Joe. I just, guess what I made tonight? That's why I had to call you because every time I make this cert, every time I make Broccoli Rob, I think of you. Well, I'm going to guess Broccoli Rob then because you called. And what would you, what'd you have wait, with Wait, wait, wait a minute. I made roast pork. Oh, there we go. And I had a, I had a sarcone roll. And I, and I, with sh- the sharpest provolone and Broccoli Rob, I made a sandwich. Now, do you, think, I, now, you that, think yours is better than John's roast pork? What do you think? Uh, I mean, you can be honest. Joe, jo- jo- I, I think it's, I think it could be. Like even. Wow, that that's pretty good. I mean, that that's yeah. yeah. And I and I made pasta azul. Well, that's I mean, t- today's a soup day, Frankie. It's it's that yeah, kind of weather you like, out. You like that, Joe? Yeah, of course. It, it, this it's the weather for for some soup today for sure. Yeah, because it's damp and yeah. you know, I just can't wait till we until we get that freeze, Joe. Because when when the weather gets like this, right, like damp and warm. All the mold comes back out. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, no, I, I, we had a little freeze a couple nights ago, but then it got warmer, you know, the yeah, last couple of days. And, and because the past two days with this weather, my allergies been kicking. I don't know about anybody else, but mine has. But to get to the point, I don't want Odell, Joe. And, Joe, I'll tell you the truth, I ain't scared of the Cowboys. I, Joe... I think we could beat anybody. See, the difference is, Joe, Dak Prescott hasn't faced this good of an Eagles team. I don't care about statistics like, uh, you know, uh, from years. This is a tough – we never had a back end like this, Joe. No, I think it's the and best, it's the the best secondary they've had with the corners like this since, you know, the early 2000s. And 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 Dak is going to give us a couple, Joe. Well, you know, Frankie, it's interesting you brought that up. And Frankie, that that dinner sounds delicious. We appreciate the phone call. Dak Prescott has played 
Well, I, I would say since coming back. I mean, he's the last three games, 66% completion, three touchdowns. Game before that, 70%, two touchdowns. Game before that, 88%, two touchdowns. But you know what Dak Prescott's done a lot of since he came back off the um, the IR? Thrown a lot of interceptions, like a whole lot. Dak Prescott. He's been pretty mid-tier if you look at his numbers since he came back. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? The first one, um, so it was the first game. The first game was Detroit. He played solid in that game. That 19 to 25, 76% one touchdown, no picks. But since then, um, the completion percentage is pretty good. He's been, you know, mostly efficient, but he has what? One, three, five, six picks in five games? He's got a lot of interceptions over the past. Yeah, he's got six, six interceptions in his last five games. He has seven interceptions on the season, and he's only played in seven games. Yeah, look at his last four after the bye week. He's completing 68% of his passes, but he's got 10 touchdowns and five picks. He's been fine. Like, he's been good. He's not an MVP candidate. The one thing I do worry about is he plays a lot better when Tyron Smith is healthy, mm-hmm. and Tyron Smith is blocking his blind side. Tyron Smith returned to practice today. He's, he might be on the field when the Eagles and Cowboys play on Christmas Eve. You know what? And their offensive line with those young guys actually played pretty well. Um, they've gotten by more, more than I, I thought they would be. They've, they've been pretty good. Brian is up on WIP. Hey, Brian. Hey, Joe. What's happening? How are you tonight? <laughs> it's been quite quite a show. I know. <laughs> you know, talking about roast pork, broccoli rob, Trey Turner's contract, <laughs> all over the place. I had leftover homemade chili for dinner, just so you know. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, it wasn't bad. So, um, my goodness, that guy Matt seemed like a decent enough guy and, and and not a dummy. But like, what the heck was he talking about? Seriously, I don't know. Like, and I, I I've been trying to think. Like, I I think he was thinking about it from like a uh, investment perspective and how much money they'll make. Which which that's fine. But that that's not my point. Is about the baseball team, right? Like, and ha- like you don't want a forty year old shortstop. I love Trey Turner. He's going to be awesome. I just. You know, I wish he was here for six or seven years, and then they wouldn't have to worry about when he's thirty-eight and thirty-nine and forty years old. No, and I these 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 long deals with these the number of years, it's really becoming absurd. I'm like, oh, I, I don't I don't get it. I, I just I, I I don't get it because even even Judge, what is it like nine years? Or yeah, whatever? nine, and he, and he's thirty-one, so he'll be you know right about forty at the end too. Exactly. It's like. I, <laughs> I, I I don't I don't get the the logic in that. I just I just don't look. Th- these guys are going to make their money. It's the money's insane, but like the number of years, I just I just don't get. Well, especially because so, the contracts are guaranteed. Like in football, like oh, go ahead, like spread the money out however you want. Because when the player goes bad, you just cut him and you don't have to pay him anything. But that's in baseball. It's all guaranteed. Like if Trey Turner wants to, he'll be here all eleven years. He has a no trade clause, and and like they have to pay him. They can't do anything. Yeah, no, and you you are spot on. Look, and we're all excited to have him here. I mean, he's a very good player, and he's he's going to help big time. But like, yeah, I mean that. I just don't get it. I, I don't, don't get it. I don't it's, either, Brian. I, man, I preach the phone. I I don't get it. Like I I, I don't get why you'd want that. Like again, we're going to accept it because we're fans, and we're going to be happy on opening day when Trey Turner runs out to shortstop, and for the next. You know, hopefully, a handful of years when he's still playing at a very high level and hitting 300 and, and making All Star games and all that kind of stuff. And I like the player. He reminds me of Barry Larkin. He reminds me of Paul Molitor. Like this guy could be really good for a long time and help the Phillies win a lot of games. It just, I'm just in my perfect world, and I think in Logic's world, you don't want a shortstop at the age of 38, 39, 40. And he, I don't know where he ages off to. He doesn't play like a guy that's going to profile as a left fielder. They already have 90Hs. Usually second basemen don't last until their late 30s. They move off of that position too. I don't know what he is when he's 39 and 40. And a bench guy? For $27 million? I just, I think Trey Turner probably has the highest peak. I think he fits the Phillies the best mm-hmm. in their current situation. But when you compare him to the rest of the shortstops, I, I do think he ages the worst. I think Carlos Correa ages well into a third baseman the way Cal Ripken or Alex Rodriguez did. I think Xander Bogarts can move to second base, and he doesn't rely so much on speed defensively. And, I mean, who cares about Dansby Swanson? He's going to get, like, a four-year deal. I don't know. I I just think Trey Turner is a shooting star, and 
once that speed goes, which so much of his game relies on, I don't know how much he can contribute at an above-average level. Yeah, and it, um, MLB.com had a really interesting piece about that. what Tucker just said about his speed and when it goes. The crazy part about Trey Turner so far is it hasn't gone at all. I mean, usually, you know, like a player that's as fast as he is, like they peak at 24, 25, maybe 23, their speed, right? That's their fat, like running backs, right? They're, they're corners. And then they get a little slower in their mid-late 20s. He hasn't lost any. I mean, maybe he will just defy everything and keep being fast forever. But I don't know. I mean, he hasn't lost a step. I hope it could – I mean, he's fun to watch. I hope it continues for the next handful of years where he's just as fast as he was when he was 24. But that – that, of course, would be uh, pretty amazing if he could accomplish that. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this Wednesday night. Trey Turner, I'm, I I love the player. It's just a contract that you know that has me shaking my head in 11 years. And, of course, the Odell Beckham rumors out there. I don't want him, not even a bit. 215-592-9494. We get back, your calls. And the Eagles, they have a ton of free agents. But I, I thought we saw at least a couple um, that would be allowed to walk away this offseason because of how a couple young players played on, on Sunday. I'll explain next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That gets you bored. Taking you up till 10 o'clock. Tom Kelly will be on then. And, um, you know, we got an Eagles game coming up on Sunday against the Giants. One that we will also not have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for because he's out still for a couple more weeks. Um, I'm not sure on Kaiser White today. Um Nick Sirianni was a little bit – he's always coy with injuries. but I, So I guess Kaiser was limited today after his injury in that game. So we got to see the Kobe Dean play in the fourth quarter. I mean, the game was a blot. He might have played anyway. But he played for Kaiser White. And we saw Blankenship start again. I thought Blankenship played pretty well. I think he was their second-highest-graded uh, player on defense, according to Pro Football Focus, on Sunday. I, I wonder if down the stretch of this season, not only is it a pursuit of the number one seed, is it a pursuit of a Super Bowl – I wonder if the Eagles have their antenna up on some of these young players and and who could be starters next year because think about how many free agents they have on defense. Not all these guys are coming back. I mean, they especially with the idea they're going to pay Jalen Hurts this offseason. You know, earlier this season, if you asked me in a vacuum, should they re-sign Marcus Epps? I would have said yes. I like Marcus Epps. And they asked me in a vacuum, should they re-sign Chauncey Gardner-Johnson? I'd say, of course. He's had a Pro Bowl kind of season before he had lacerated his kidney. If Reed Blankenship could play, there's no chance they're going to re-sign both of those safeties. Do you re-sign Gardner-Johnson because you gave up draft capital for him? 
But he's more, the most expensive of, of all these names. By far. Could you swallow four, $14 million a year for Chauncey Garner-Johnson if Blankenship could play at what, what, league minimum as your second safety? I guess, but you also have to pay your linebackers and a second cornerback. I know. And a defensive tackle or two. Yeah, I mean, one that there's no question on. I mean, he's only played a little bit. He looks he looked good, but where they drafted him. One of these linebackers is gone, and Kobe Dean starts next year. Yeah, I think he steps into whatever role Kaiser White has. Like, I, I would prefer to keep T.J. Edwards. T.J. Edwards has been a revelation this year. And I wouldn't think he costs that much. I mean, that position, you know, he's been here. and they What they give him last year, they gave him a one-year, $1 million extension, I think, for this season, which has turned out to be one of the biggest bargains in the team. Yeah, he's getting 965000 Yeah, I mean, he's been a complete bargain. The one that I think is going to be the most difficult for them to figure out, like these, the ones we're talking about here, if I had to guess, one of the safeties comes back, blanket chip starts in the other spot, TJ Edwards comes back, Kaiser White leaves, Nicobe Dean starts that spot. You know which one's going to be really difficult? James Bradbury. They do not have someone ready to take that role. Like there's no blanket chip at corner. There's no Nicobe Dean like they have at linebacker. Slay will be here. But we've already learned Avante Maddox is a, is a slot corner. Are they going to go try to find another version of Bradbury this offseason? Or are they going to pay James Bradbury? I don't know. That might be their most difficult financial decision. Or do they use the sixth overall pick in the upcoming draft to draft someone like Keely Ringo from Georgia? That could be. There's also the, uh, I'm not sure if it'll go that high, but doesn't Penn State have Joey Porter's son? Yeah, Joey Porter Jr. is another defensive back. But if you think about it, and as we talk about aging athletes, Darius Slay is getting a little bit older. This is, I think, his 10th year in the NFL, ninth or 10th season. Couldn't you see them taking a shot on a high draft pick and letting him be the number two and aging into the number one as Darius Slay kind of works his way out? Yeah, I mean, if you think about long-term needs, it's probably the biggest one. I mean, pass, certainly, there's always, you'd always take another pass rusher, but... I wouldn't expect Reddick and Sweat to slow down anytime soon. They're both in their twenties. They, you know, they're going to be here a while. So you know that. And also, Javon Hargrave's a free agent. They have a lot on defense, a lot. You know, I mentioned this earlier in the season when they got off to a good start. There's got to be inside the organization more of a sense of urgency to win this year than maybe we think. Not that they're going to turn out to be bad next season, but this is this is an incredible group they have, and this group will not stay together. There's just no way they can. They're going to be, there's going to be a lot of different players in this team next year, as there is every year in the NFL, but specifically defense. The offense should be together for a little while. I mean, you think about the big money contracts they've handed out. They're all offensive, right? Dallas Goddard got paid. A.J. Brown got paid. Jalen Hurts is about to get paid. Mylotta. Dante Smith is still on his first-round deal. Mylotta. Mylotta just got paid. I mean, Jason Kelsey can be here as long as he wants, although that seems to be winding down. Lane Johnson's still on a big contract. I think offense is fine outside of running back, and who knows what they do there. Yeah, I mean, I just based on, like, I know Miles had a really good year. I'm just not interested. In, in, I mean, would you rather sign him, or would you rather sign Chauncey Gardner-Johnson? Yeah, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Like, I just, they'll find another running back. And, and, and I'm, I, I've been actually impressed. This is the most impressed I've been with Miles Sanders since his rookie year. He's run the ball well this season. And I, I'm sure a lot of people after the season will say, oh, they got to bring him back. I, Smart teams don't usually re-sign their running backs, you know, especially after heavy workload. He's he's pretty high. I think he's got to be top ten in, in carries this year. He's, it's higher than uh, he's ever I would been. bet he is, even though he only had a handful the other night. So maybe he fell to top fifteen, but he's he's near the top. He has to be after all the carries he's had this year, more than he ever has in terms of like week to week. You know, he's staying healthy, which is good on him. But I, I just with the way with all these free agents they have on defense and having to pay Jalen Hurts. I doubt he comes back. He's ninth in rushing attempts and sixth in rushing yards. And fifth in touchdowns. After having zero last year. Yes. Which may be the craziest statistic of all this season, that he went from zero touchdowns to now he's he's near the t- top of the league. I think uh, maybe 12 leads the NFL, 13. Yeah, 12 is right now. I mean, he has more touchdowns this year than he did in his entire career before. That's wild. Two one five nine rushing touchdowns in three years, and z- including zero last year. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Steve is in Egg Harbor Township. What's up, Steve? Yo, how you doing? Oh, I don't know how you the heck you let that guy have ten minutes about the salary with uh, Trey Turner. I mean, 
Uh, that guy does obviously that has no idea about business, and and I would have rather given him like an eight year, thirty five million dollar year contract. Yeah, and that would have been perfect because thirty be like thirty seven when that would end, and that would be probably pretty much when this guy's career is going to be pretty much on the downside. Um, as far as the Sixers go, um, I'm sorry, the Sixers are irrelevant. They turned me off when they resigned Harden. I didn't, I did not want this guy back. Um, this GM, uh, he should be let go. He's horrible. He's never won anything. I don't know what the big deal was when we got Maury in here anyway. Halliburton and Heed was, was the trade that should have been made last year, and we could have had that done, and this team would be so much better with the people that we didn't give away last year to the Nets. Well, I mean, Steve, the, the Halliburton point is, is he's going to be an all-star. He, he, he might be the most approved player in the NBA, and we're sitting on Harden, who declines by the minute here. And no doubt about it. And you, gave, you, you, you bought an old geezer in here instead of bringing in youth. It would have made our team so much younger, and we would have been, you know, for the foreseeable future, we would have been, I think we would have been pretty legit this year with them guys on the team, with Seth Curry. We could have got Drummond back. I mean, I thought we could have really had a good team if they had made that trade this year. And I was harping on that all last year. I never wanted Harden. Everybody sits there and says, like, I'm a basketball guy. I coach basketball. I coach kids my whole life. Um, and the one thing I know is, you know, a great base basketball player is somebody who makes everybody better around him. James Harden has always been a great scorer. He was never a great basketball player. And anybody who thinks he was a great basketball player doesn't know what a great basketball player is. Well, he's not, and now he's a, a declining basketball player, and not, not a great one, and, and and that's it's a bad combination, and I, I it's a mess, Steve. I appreciate the phone call, as always. So, you know, we were discussing with Kyle, um, and also with, with Howard last night, how Daryl Morey's like getting no, like no one's talking about Daryl Morey's role in this. Daryl Morey has not built a very good basketball team. He resigned, you know, he he. Moved heaven and earth. He, you know, he, he waited and waited and waited and waited to trade Ben Simmons to get his guy, James Harden. The James Harden experiment with the Sixers has not worked out the way. I don't think I'll ever forget the James Harden press conference when they traded for him. Do you remember the James Harden press conference? They're having one for Trey Turner tomorrow, the Phillies. They had balloons. Balloons when they traded for James Harden. They, I love a good balloon. They acted as if they were going to dominate the NBA. It was a coronation Last February, when they traded for James Harden, it's ridiculous. It was a ridiculous press conference that, that is just like, I can't get it out of my head. They had balloons, like for, for a guy that is in decline. And then, and then obviously they resign him. But here's how I know no one's talking about Daryl Morey. Do you know the last story written about him, like anywhere, like in terms of he's the headline, locally, nationally? You know, it was before the season started. The Ringer wrote a piece. Daryl Morey changed the game, but he still hasn't beaten it. When you go to Google, that's the first thing that, that was a month ago. More than a month ago. We're, we're a quarter way into the season. That means nobody locally has written a headline with, like, Daryl Morey's roster stinks. How much is this on Daryl Morey? Why does no one talk about Daryl Morey's role in this season? Weren't they supposed to have a much improved bench? I know they've had injuries and that's hurt their, their depth, but, I mean, like, they have to play their starters 40 minutes a night to be competitive right now. Uh, and that doesn't work. Also, the other thing I just realized when I searched Daryl Morey on Google, you know he's tall? Did you know that? I didn't, but I also can see that he's tall because he spends a lot of his time around basketball. Like, he looks normal height because he's next to James Harden and Joel Embiid all the time. Well, that's that's true. I mean, anyone that's best size of basketball players, you know, they're towering over them. But if I told you to ballpark his height before we had this conversation, what would you say? I would have said like 5'11". And the, the actual height is 6'4". That would have been my second guess after you said Like, I think about it, and I think about speaking about when James Harden got here. Remember when he went and took a picture and posted it on Instagram, getting James Harden off the plane? Yeah, like a long They're lost... about the same height there. You're right. Like a long-lost son, he was hugging him. Family member that he hadn't seen in years. Let's go to David in Sewell, who's up on WIP. Hey, David. Hey, guys. What's up, David? I, well, first of all, I, I, I agree with you about the, uh, the Eagles and re-signing people. I, I definitely think they're on a linebacker. They can only sign one, and I hope I, I'm, I believe it'll be T.J. Edwards if they can, and because uh, White will be replaced by uh, Nicobe. Uh, Nicobe, yeah. 
So get, get to, the, to the Phillies thing. All right. Now, I know you got you and that other guy were just not on the same page. Okay. So I want to try and get on the same page right up front. Okay. okay? All right. I first got to ask. I mean, I – I'm not. First, let me just say I don't mind. I, I, I'm not a. I'm not a defender of the owners' money. I'm glad when their money is spent. Okay, I don't worry about the profits they're making. I really don't. But we would agree that they. they it's reasonable that they have a profit. That they, 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 they have a budget. In other words, they don't. They shouldn't have. You shouldn't feel obligated. We shouldn't feel that they're obligated to go to the highest luxury tax level. I mean, if they have gone into the luxury tax, and I think they've done all that you can ask them to do in terms of spending money. For, uh, uh, now that considering that the fans weren't there first, the fans have been, you know, were tenants was down, so they did it. They spent the money before the fans came. I agree. Yeah, I mean they, the um, they, they, we cannot complain about this owner spending money. Right. So and you agree that they, they, you know, it, it's reasonable to have a budget where uh, for the team where they don't have to go into the, the higher luxury tax levels. Would, mm-hmm. you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I'm not going to rip them for that. Yeah. All right. So then, on that basis, I'm not saying that there's. I'm not saying that the, that. Well, you asked the question: is, is this contract give them the best chance of competing every year of the contract? Yes, that's what and I, I would asked. Say, and I would say no. But the way you suggested would also not do do that. Okay, and 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 just to keep the math simple, uh, uh, to shorten your contract to keep and to keep the math simple. If it's a six-year contract, it's fifty million a year. That makes it simple. Okay, mm-hmm. so you might want to make it seven or seven years or eight, but then that gets the numbers get a little odd. Okay, uh, what the, the additional money they spend in those years that you're suggesting, okay, uh, that additional money is again because we agree that they have they, 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 it's agree it's we agree that it's reasonable for them to have a cap. Then that extra twenty million dollars or twenty three million dollars, and, and if you want to make it seven years or whatever, it could be a little less. Is really going to have a very detrimental effect this year. Or maybe you don't sign Tuvon Walker and, and, and the relief pitcher. I mean, I mean, it's certainly going to have a very negative effect during those years of the contract because you're playing him such a high amount for a shorter period of time. Uh, I agree, oh, David. I uh, you're right. I agree with you. No, before you go on, before you go on, you're right. And that and that is the advantage of it. So it's almost like they're max. They're trying. They're, the way they structure it is to maximize the now. At, at the at the, you know while losing some of the future that that's even though he'll be here the whole time that's kind of the way this will probably work out right. and it's one of the ways that Howie Roseman has been so successful with the salary cap those things called voidable years they they said teams weren't even really using them or not to the degree the Eagles have used them where they just basically make it funny money they stretch the contract with these voidable years that lowers the salary cap numbers and eventually eventually you have to pay the piper. But the problem is, the good thing is, the piper keeps getting bigger. That is, that is the money coming in and the salary cap. So the same thing's going to come happen with baseball. Baseball's going to make more money. The luxury tax levels are going to go higher and higher and higher. So even if you cut him or have him on your team playing whatever role he's playing in those later years, that's almost, if you look at it almost as dead money, okay. But you're talking about dead money on a period of time when everything, when, when you've got so much more money to spend. Whereas taking that money out of this budget right now, where you don't have the money to spend, you know what I'm saying? I understand. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think so. It's the, their way of doing it is the better way to do it. For, no, neither way makes you the most competitive every one of the eleven years. But the way they're doing it, I think, is it makes you competitive for more years than. And, and the bottom line is the most, the most. Would you agree? The most important years when you're when we're talking about a team are now and the next few. Yeah, not, well, well, so, well, certainly for this team, right? Because of right. of the, they're they're in a contention window right now. Yes. Right, right. If you're in a contention window, if you're or if you're just if you're wanting to get in the contention window, you would agree that you want your team to be looking about looking at today and and the next three or four years or five years that the prioritizing that over. Eight, nine, ten years from now. Wouldn't you, in any case, wouldn't you agree that you should? Yes. Be, no. You, okay. Yeah. Yes. And, and if but I was in a, if I was in a front office, I would too. But as a fan, like we're here for all the years, right? We're we're here for one, two, three, ten, fifty, however long we live. Like right, like those years will exist. Right, they're going to exist. But he doesn't. If it's so, if he can't be play left field, and I don't see why he can't play left field. Because even if his speed where it starts now goes down a lot. 
he'll be a reasonably fast left fielder. <laughs> I mean, he'll certainly have enough speed to play left field. Okay, he'll, his contract I think now runs in maybe a couple years past Harper. So, so assuming Harper in his later years is the DH, you know, you'll have a couple years then. And in the end, if you end up cutting him, okay, yes, it will still count towards your luxury tax that those years. But you don't. It's not like you're forced to keep him on the team, and that dead money. Will, won't be as big that the, the money spent then now is more important because the money spent the dead money then won't be as critical because you'll have a much bigger pie that that dead money is a part of. So you're probably David, you're right, and and I I was I guess you're probably assuredly right, David. Appreciate the call, but do you remember how much they bickered last year over how much they raised the luxury tax? So I I believe. I'm trying to think of it. I think they're going to do a. They'll have to do a new CBA in the middle of this Trey Turner contract. They, what they do a five-year deal last year? That feels like it happened a year ago. So I would guess the next CBA would maybe be five or ten years. So like they're not going to like the luxury tax when Trey Turner's contract is over is not going to be 400 million per team. I don't know what it goes to. I, I maybe it jumps 50 million from where it is now. Seventy million, maybe it's, it, it touches three hundred. Where is it? Two thirty for the lower, the low level. Two thirty three, and two thirty three. It was two thirty last year. Yeah. So, so when they do the new one four or five years from now, what are they going to bump that to? I mean, like, we're, we're let's not kid ourselves. The owners just locked these guys out for four months last year, and they 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 basically almost ruined the season over this. They're not going to just say, "Oh, hey, everyone gets three hundred million before the luxury tax." Like Trey Turner's contract will still count for a very large percentage of the end of this deal of the whatever the tax is. Is it three hundred? Let's say it's two seventy. He's ten percent of their tax when he's forty. So I just started going further ahead on Spot Track. They estimate the twenty twenty six threshold to be two forty four. That's not much of a jump. The Phillies currently. Have four players under contract that season, making a combined hundred and twelve million dollars. Almost half. Yeah, for less than twenty percent of your team. This could look. Is there a chance the Phillies are ahead of the curve on this, and more teams start to do this? I will acknowledge there is a chance. But how many of these deals have the Dodgers given out in the last decade? By my count, it's one. It was just Mookie Betts. Do you notice the theme here? Like the the most well-run team in terms of year-to-year success. I know they've only won one World Series in this run. But the, the team that's been the best, like every year they win. Every year they're 100 wins. They've given out one of these kind of deals. Phillies have now done two. Just it feels like a slippery slope. And I if I if I had my way, and it's just a preference. I mean, my way would have been a shorter deal. And it would have been done differently. But tomorrow, guess what I'll be watching? The Trey Turner press conference. I wonder if they're asked about the the deal and all this. I wonder if anyone brings that up tomorrow. I'm sure it'll be a part of the thing. Like the calculus, why they did this? Right. Uh, I'm sure that that's part of the reason why why they went this way. Yeah. Um, that's what I'll be watching for tomorrow. What to watch for. Sponsored by Xfinity, the fast internet in Philadelphia, and the sponsor of our Xfinity launch. I actually might be listening for it. Watching for it, listening for it. Do we know what time it is? I, I don't. I'm sure tomorrow I, I, know I won't be paying attention to anything. And all of a sudden it's like, starting in 10 minutes, the Phillies press conference. That happens to me a lot with Sirianni's press conferences. Because I don't know if they're actually at the same time every day. But it usually it's usually a Monday, Wednesday, right? Right, and usually it's around like 1 o'clock. But there are times where I'll look at my phone and, oh, nuts, I missed the first five minutes of it. Yeah, and then Hertz usually talks Wednesday. And then what's Tuesday coordinator day? Yes, yeah, the NFL at least has a, a kind of a rhythm to the week, you know, with the uh, the coaches speaking, and then well, they have to too because the injury stuff, right? They have to they have to put the report out, they have to talk about it. It's I mean, it's all they're mandated to do it. I mean, these guys wouldn't say a word if it wasn't for you know having to talk about it. I'm inter- I, I'm interested in Mara to see what the injury report is like for Quez and Kaiser. Yeah, I, I think Kaiser. Swapping him for Nicobe Dean isn't that big of a loss, and I think there are probably a lot of fans out there who would rather see Nicobe Dean get an increased look against Saquon Barkley and against uh-huh. the New York Giants offense. But Quez is a guy that I think it's intriguing. I know he only has 30 targets. He only has like 225 yards this season, but his ability to stretch the defense, his ability to put pressure 
on, on teams vertically, it's a big part of what they do offensively. And, and him not being there and just kind of replacing him with Zach Pascal, it really affects everything. It, it affects a lot. And when you already are down Dallas Goddard, I mean, you're down to honestly two legitimate NFL pass catchers in that offense. Yeah, and that's not a lot. Um, and the Giants blitz a lot, so they will put pressure on Hurst to get the ball out of his hands quickly. It's um, one thing I have noticed. They've been a lot better against the blitz since the bye, the Eagles. Because Jalen Hurts' numbers, that was the one thing before the bye he was not doing at a very high level is, is you know, passing well against the blitz. That's changed. I mean, I, I, every week I keep looking like, what's the weakness in this in Hurts' game and, and, and the way he's playing around? I can't find one. I mean, we said last night that he's taking more sacks than maybe he should. I don't know how much that's him, the offensive line. Other than that, I don't got anything. Against the blitz, he's been better. Down the field, he's been really good. Protects the football. It's, um, I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking to see where the weakness is. Teams are going to try to exploit on him. I, I, I can't find him. Remember, remember last year, he wouldn't pass to his left. Now he's bombing the ball down the field to his left. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. He has seven touchdowns and one interception, one blitz this season. Where's winning the, 62% of his passes. Where is his weakness right now? I don't see one, and that's why they're, they're winning basically every game. You know they what's play. crazy? Like, so when he's under, he's been under pressure on thirty-one percent of his dropbacks this season, which is a, a fairly high amount. But he's only completed forty-three percent of his passes. Also, not great. You know what he hasn't done? Thrown an interception. He's got three touchdowns, zero interceptions when under pressure. This so season. it's almost like pressure. Oh, die! Oh, we'll die another down. Right? Throw it away or whatever. It's incomplete. Which we see a lot, right? Like how often do we see him just get flushed out of the pocket and he runs and just tosses it into the first row of the stands? Yeah, I mean he did that a lot when he first got in the league. I mean I, I remember that first game against the, the Saints. He had like four or five throwaways. Now he also missed some throws he should have made as well. But he he, he does that. He, he plays the position. In a very smart way. All right, TK up next. Tom Kelly's got you. We'll talk tomorrow on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.